Welcome back to another episode of the Pivot and Go podcast, where we help you pivot out of your current stuck situation. If you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling overwhelmed, uncertain, without the future, this will show you how to pivot to something far greater because everything is an opportunity that is going to be awaiting you. It's preparation for this opportunity to come. We bring on guests from the highest level to show you that, to go in depth on their stories on how they overcame struggles, difficulties, self-doubt, and just how they pivoted onto something so far greater in their careers and their lives. And I have my co-host, Ray McCullum, on here with me. And we have a special, special guest for you, two-time NBA champion, currently with the Los Angeles Lakers, Quinn Cook. Now, Quinn, he didn't come from anything. He worked his butt off to get to where he was and became a great high school basketball player, got to play at Duke, and now he's thinking he's going to be this NBA player, this NBA star, and it didn't happen. Draft day came, name was not called. All these players above him getting called, he knew he was better than, still didn't get an opportunity in the NBA, and he worked, and he worked, and he grinded day after day with relentless consistency, and you'll hear in his story how he hits on a lot of the same points that I talk about, about keep going. It takes time. The day, the winning the days that you put in, and he absolutely did that, and he was so ready for his opportunity when it came, finally, with the Golden State Warriors, that he took control of it and never looked back, winning an NBA championship with the Warriors and now winning one with the Lakers, basically being the right-hand man to LeBron James. He's best friends with Kevin Durant, tons of NBA stars, and probably knows more people at a high level than anybody that probably most people in this whole world. Quinn is that connected because he's such a genuine guy. Just the, uh, the aura, the ambiance that he has is infectious, his positivity, and he's He's been a good friend of mine for a, for a long time, and I'm very blessed to have him on this podcast, very blessed to have him as a brother. And so without further ado, buckle up, because here we go. EMF, 5G, yeah, we've all heard about it, and we all know how bad it is. But our sponsor today, Soma Vedic Changes the Game. This is the device that goes in your house that can reliably mitigate the unwanted influences of EMF and 5G radiation. It is 99.9% satisfaction by owners. And I am one of those owners and I am very satisfied. I have it actually near my TV. It's this light that lights up and I felt it on the first day, the effects of it. And it could take away headaches, nervousness, sleeping problems, digestion problems, tiredness, weak immunity, just this from erasing, eliminating the EMF and the 5G that is just all throughout our day constantly. Soma Vedic is absolutely changing the game. Thank you for sponsoring the Pivot and Go podcast. Now go get your EMF and 5G erased. Quinn Cook, welcome to the Pivot and Go podcast. Mr. NBA champion, how we doing over there? Well, I'm great, man. I'm great. Happy to uh, you know, be out that bubble. Happy to be back <laughs> a little bit and uh, enjoying this little time off that we got. Man, came out of the bubble with a ring. And I got my main man, Ray McCullum, right here next to me. I'm talking to two McDonald's All-Americans right now. Oh yeah. Like we're not talking yeah. about getting your burgers at McDonald's. This is this is McDonald's All American, the real deal. Ray 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 been killing killing dudes for a while, man. Been killing dudes oh. for yeah. Man, I'm trying, man. I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to do my thing. That's all. 
That's kind of what I, yeah. He's doing it. That's that's kind of my motto. Like, how can I be more like Ray today? Every day I wake up. Follow that path. You're on the right path. So, Quinn, start us off with a bang, man. Everybody knows you are an NBA champion. I mean, you were this big-time basketball talent from Duke, McDonald's All-American, everything like this. But what else? Like, something else that maybe maybe people don't really know about you. Oh, dang, that's how we start. Okay. Hey, we come. Uh, hey, we don't do any easy questions, man. It's, uh-uh, no softballs. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like in TV. I'm into music. Like, I majored in theater when wow. I was um, in college. So uh, I got to interview Spike Lee. That was like my first big, Ooh. Um, you know, assignment in college, and I kind of fell in love with like directing and stuff like that. So I'm really into like movies and shows and stuff, and I'm really into music. I have a lot of friends who, you know, are rappers or entertainers, directors, whatever. So when I'm not, you know, playing uh, basketball, playing video games, I'm kind of like studying like different shows and, you know, different, um, you know, um, directors and their philosophies and, you know, how they, you know, correlate certain messages in their movies and shows, stuff like that. So um, hopefully I could be on TV or behind, you know, the camera, you know, when I'm finished, you know, hoping. Man, you, I, I think you absolutely will be. Okay, paint yeah. this picture. Let's say you're making the movie, like your dream movie. You're directing it. What's the setup? What's the plot? Where are we going with this? My dream movie? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'd definitely be something, you know, something with basketball. Um, no, probably about like a, a, a story that, that hits home for me. Um, probably a kid. You know, um, you know, who grew up struggling or who grew up doubted, um, faced, you know, a lot of adversity over his life um, and, uh, you know, just pulled through. I mean, you know, had his ups and downs, stuff like that. But, you know, hopefully we, you know, we can make it come true soon, a couple of years. You know, if it's about me or one of my teammates or, you know, uh, a guy who didn't make it, you know, where I'm from. You know, hopefully, you know, I can put some stuff together because that's always been a dream of mine, you know, being a director and, you know, making some stuff happen. You know, not just about me, but like I take more pride in like talking about my friends and that's talking so about cool. people who inspire me. So that's so cool. I love that last point you said there too. So first off, the movie's gonna be made. It's gonna be like a hoop dreams meets yeah. the Queen I mean, the Queen Cook documentary. The Queen Cook documentary. You got meets, a great story. Yeah, you have you do have a great story which we're gonna dive into, man. And I love how you started off saying that you poured into your teammates. It's about your teammates. You were literally like the best teammate somebody could have. Like we've stayed close through the years of just working out in NBA pre-draft and just seeing how much you care for other people is it's amazing, man. So let's talk let, let's take a take a drive on that journey. You have not had the easiest path. Literally nothing has been given to you. I mean, yes, you were successful in high school and you got to play at Duke, but let's start that NBA journey, man. It's it, it it did not just happen. You worked your butt off for it. So let's talk about those adversities and struggles that you faced to get to where you are today. Yeah, um, great question. I think for me growing up, obviously coming from where I come from, being, you know, um, the smallest guy, you know, nothing was ever easy for me. And even when I got, you know, some notoriety in, in, in high school and stuff, All-American or whatever, um, nothing was still ever easy. You know, I wasn't, you know, Ray, I wasn't, in the McDonald's All-American dunk contest doing crazy dunks. I'm not going baseline and jumping over people. You know, I had to, you know, be smarter than the next guy. Um, and uh, for me, 
you know, I took pride in that. I took pride in trying to be the hardest worker, as cliche as it sounds. But for yeah. me, that's how I, I had to get to where I got to. And uh, obviously in college, you know, I struggled at times, you know, early. But I finally figured it out. But I think in college, I never really got to show, you know, um, NBA personnel or whatever, you know, um, my full potential. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did the combine. You were there in Chicago with me. You know, I, that was the first year of five on five, and I did well. And um, right, you know how it is in pre drafts; it's all one sure. on one and two on two, three on three, and you know that's what we live for. So, uh, you know, I did well in uh, you know my pre draft workouts with teams and stuff. And you know, it came you know June twenty fifth, twenty fifteen, and you know it's something I dreamed of my whole life. I knew what I was gonna wear as soon as you know I heard my name called. I knew I was gonna hug my mom first. I was gonna grab my sister like I. Had it all planned, something I've been dreaming about forever. And it never happened. And, uh, you know, it was right back to work. I cried. You know, I, I got picked up by my friends. My brothers called me and, uh, you know, my agent called me and 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 we we put something together. I had to go to both summer leagues. I had to play in Orlando. Then I had to fly straight to Vegas. I had to do both. And uh, I had to try to make the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, uh, you know, that started my pro journey. I didn't make the team and I had to go to the D-League. I had... Some 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 big offers overseas you know, right away, but you know my dream for me was to play in the league, and uh, I just stuck around. And it took me a year and a half to get in, and uh, you know I kept getting cut. You know back to D League and another opportunity. You know I was just blessed to you know have you know more than one opportunity because some guys only get their one opportunity, maybe two. I mean I got about three, and on that third one in New Orleans, it, it just fit, and uh, we got eliminated from the playoffs a little early about seven games left and guys start sitting out. AD started to sit out and DeMarcus started to sit out. And, uh, you know, Coach Gentry gave me an opportunity and I took advantage of it. And, you know, um, that propelled me to, you know, five years later still in the NBA. See, that whole journey, as a Hooper Q, that, that's why I think all the real ones, they, they rock with you, bro, because they know the path that you had to go through. Being a McDonald's All-American and going to Duke, a lot of those guys are one-and-done players. You know, they're straight to the NBA. They're lottery picks. But his journey took a whole different turn. He stayed all four years. You know what I'm saying? And everything that he accomplished, and it's like you still have to prove yourself. It just shows you how much of a grind it is. A lot of guys, they probably would have stopped hooping. They would have stopped hooping. Or they would be sure. overseas right now. You right. never heard of them. But, you know, just talk about, like, you know, for you, how how was it? You you're an all McDonald's All American. You go to Duke, you know. what I'm saying some of your teammates, you guys are you're coming in with some guys who are one and done, and you're still there. Your sophomore year, your junior year, yeah, your senior year. Yeah. How was that for you every year? Just another year in college, and you, you know, probably felt like you should have been able to get drafted or be where they're at right now. I mean, you know how it is. Like you know, all the top guys were all close. We go to camps all summer long. We 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 stand, you know, in, in contact all all year, and you see your best friend or your other best friend that you know you 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 compete with and you play with and you you know just dream with, you know, take their different paths. That's why I always say everybody's paths is different. Yeah. Um, it, it it can get tough comparing yourself to to this guy, that guy. But for me, like when I got to college, I know you know me and Austin Rivers were you know the the the, the two. You yeah. know, high high guys coming in. You know, Austin obviously was, you know, um, no no nobody was more talked about than him, you know, in my class at the time. And uh, you know, I was his point guard, so I'm like, I'm gonna be one of done too. 
I didn't think I was one and done, you know, material, but, you know, I was shooting for the stars. But my plan was, you know, I was going to be in college for two years. And uh, that was my plan. Going to my sophomore year, I'm like, you know, ball from day one. And uh, I had a good season. I just didn't have a good March. And, uh, you know, I wasn't ready. I just felt like I wasn't ready. So you can get caught up in, you know, my guys is in the league and, you know, I should be one and done. But for me, once I got to Duke and after my sophomore year, like, where I I decided, like, I don't think I'm ready. Like, I want to come back. It was all about winning for me. Like, I didn't care about my stock anymore. I wanted to leave Duke as a winner. And uh, coaches always tell me everything to take itself, take care of itself. You just, you know, keep working, all the cliche stuff. But really, like, we live there. Like, coach preached that to us every day. Like, you know, win the day, win the day, win the day. Mm. And once I flipped that switch going to my junior year, you know, I just saw my game start to get a little better. But it's tough, man. It's tough. Especially being – you know, coming from Oak Hill, being in the McDonald's of American, you know, being at Duke, you know, you're under such a microscope. It's like, you know, the the longer you're in college, it's just like the more you decrease, you know, to the public and, you know, sometimes the scouts and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it, it was tough. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, if I would have left after my sophomore year, maybe I got drafted, maybe I wouldn't, maybe, you know, I, I if I would have went to the D League or something, I couldn't handle playing against grown men at that time, stuff like that. So, uh I think everything worked out for me. No, for sure. I mean, you kind of changed the narrative, too, of of guys who go undrafted. And, I mean, your story is up there with, I mean, the best. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You go undrafted, and then you grind it out to the G League – or the D League, excuse me, at the time. And then look at you now. You got two two world championships. You know what I'm saying? With two of the best players ever played a game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. those are That's like family to you now, you know? So yeah. – I mean, as a hooper, bro, and someone who actually played in the D League too, like that ain't easy. You know what yeah. I mean? So, the, the, like I said, the real ones know, and that's why I think a lot of people rock with Cute for sure, man. Yeah, and and what that is is credit to your mindset. I mean, you yeah. talked about it, win the day mentality every day. Like I see you on Instagram, you're in the gym, you're continually putting it in, and you talked about your opportunity that came in New Orleans, and most people look at it like, oh, he got the opportunity, but. Man, you prepared for that mm-hmm. every single day. And there's so much power in preparing for opportunity. We don't know when it comes. Like our good friend Jeremy Lin, he had the same type of thing happen in New York with Lin Sanity. You take advantage of it because you're so ready for that moment. And you have one of the most uh, strong-willed mindsets of any NBA player or probably any person that there is. Like, yeah, I see how driven you are, how much you want it. Is there anything that you do in your daily routine or your habits? Are you meditating, visualizing? Do you have some tricks of the trade that make you just this unshakable mindset that you are? Um, I think it's habits that I've you know created since I was young. Um, yeah. And I think for me, like I've been through some traumatic stuff in real life. That, yeah. Uh, anything I go through in basketball really doesn't phase me. I can get cut 10 million times. It'll never be you know, as traumatic as stuff that I've been doing in real life. So I always keep that in perspective. It's it's my love, it's my job, it's my profession, it's my career. But at the end of the day, it's not the whole world. So nice, I nice. kind of keep that, you know, in the back of my mind. And also just to remember the stuff like like uh, living with no regrets. So for me, coming from Duke, coming from this and that, you know, I'm pissed that I didn't get drafted. So you know, I played with this type of aggression that whole summer. And when I got to camp with Cleveland, I played well my first game in Cleveland. 
I led the Cavs in scoring. Obviously, I mean, obviously it's preseason, but I mean, you know, for a guy who's trying to make the team, you know, that's yeah. everything. You know, the next game, I'm the first guy off the bench, and like Cleveland was just, you know, off, you know, going to the finals and stuff. So I'm like, am I really like by the being in Cleveland's rotation stuff like that? Boom, don't really don't play well. Struggle the next game. We got like three, three or four um, games left, and uh, you know the guy that I'm competing with, you know, he's killing. You know, he's getting opportunity, and he's killing. So I'm like, man. Forget this. So I get in the game, like the last couple of games, I get in the game, like four or five minutes left, and I'm not playing as hard. Mm. I'm not picking up full court no more like, like I was because um, I'm, 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 I'm pissed that, you know, I don't think it's going to work for me. So I don't make the team, right? And that whole year and a half in the D-League and, you know, certainly the next year back in the D-League, like I just regretted me not going as hard as possible. And I told myself – once I get the opportunity again, like I don't care if it's five seconds, fifty seconds, five minutes, I'm gonna yes. play as hard as possible. And uh I think that my that just changing my mindset, you know, kind of prepared me for, you know, when I got a ten day with Dallas, you know, I played, you know, um a little bit, but and I was picking up full court. Even now, like even with the Lakers, like if we up thirty or or, or down thirty, I, I might get my two minutes. I still try to, you know, Man, pick just pick up full court real quick. Try to keep yeah. those keep those habits because I got a rookie now, Taylor Horan Tucker, who mm. I'm telling the same thing to. So mm. he can't. I cannot tell him, you know, to stay strong mentally and, and do this and that. And I don't yep. do it. So uh, another thing, I've had some great vets. Right, you know how important your vets For are. Sure. You know when you're young. So I've had some great vets to kind of you know show me the game. So uh, to answer your question, man, just to it's just something stuff. It's stuff that I will practice every day to kind of just keep. You know my mentality. You know, um, in that right mindset. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Speaking of you talking about, you know, all the all the things you had to go through, kind of got you where you're at now, and being prepared for that opportunity. Uh, you gotta help me out. You were the, were you the first guy to sign a two way? Uh, I don't. Or, I don't think I was the who first. Got converted guy. to a contract. I was the first. Oh convert. yeah! Wow. Yeah, I yeah. think I remember that. And uh, so, like with that, when you were in Golden State. Steph, he got hurt or something. He didn't. He missed some games, right? Yeah. I felt like everybody knew that when you got your chance, you was gonna hoop. You know, what I mean, it was about time. You had Dallas mm. Pelicans. You did your thing, and you know how that always becomes a numbers game, whatever. But then now you get the real chance. Yeah. On one of the best teams in the world. Just you were ready. You were already ready for that moment, huh? Yeah. You were just yeah. waiting on it, yeah. Yeah. And then you just kind of took that one and and ran with it. To be honest, bro, like. Obviously, the whole New Orleans thing, how it went down, um, you know, that really showed me how, like, how this business really works. Yeah. Um, and uh, they got Rondo. They signed Darius Miller. You know, they released me. You know, I, I think I was – I mean, I felt like I was the best player in summer league that year. But, uh, you know, um, I had a good summer league. They shut me down the last two games. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to make the team because um, I was a non-guarantee. And they were talking about – you know, you're going to be Drew Holiday's backup stuff. And obviously, when Rondo comes available, I get Rondo. So, um, I'm back out the league. And uh, I I get on. People don't remember. Like, I got on with Atlanta, like, off a of favor. Like, I got shipped to Atlanta just to make the team. Like, yeah. to, uh, to just to compete, you know, for a roster spot in Atlanta. And that was the year they were, they were rebuilding. They just shipped Millsap. They just shipped Corver, Al Horford, T. So, they were rebuilding. And uh, – 
I'm down there in pickup, man, and I'm chilling. I'm telling my agent, I'm like, man, I might start here. Like, you know, this, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, this might be a good opportunity. And, you know, the night before my contract was guaranteed, they released me. And uh, I think that was the night. That was, like, the only night I can remember in my life where quitting, not quitting, but I told you know, my family, like, yo, I think I'm going to take this year off. Like, I can't go back to the D-League. Like, I've done everything possible in the D-League. Like, I've had that NBA taste, so I don't know if I mentally can go overseas right now because I'm going to just be mad at the world and just be feeling sorry for myself. Um, so, you know, I'm emotional. You know, I called my brother, um, Nolan Smith, and I told him, he's like, you're emotional right now. I'll go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Just call me in the morning. We'll talk. And, you know, I, I was out all night in Atlanta. Um, I go to sleep at like 6 a.m. I wake up at like 1 p.m. I got like 10 missed calls from Steve Kirk. And, uh, you know, they, 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 you know, offered me the two-way deal. I didn't know the two-way was, it was the first year the two-way was, yeah. was, 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 was created. Wow. And uh, they called me, you know, they, they guaranteed, like, you know, there's certain days and stuff like that. There's a whole bunch of stuff and it was new, but they told me, you know, where you know, there's going to be a lot of nights where Sean won't play. We're going to rest, you know, Steph and, and stuff like that. So we're going to treat you like a third string point guard. So uh, I literally went from no disrespect to Atlanta um, but that year, like, they were the worst team in the league. So I, I really went from being cut by the worst team to being, you know, picked up by the best team in the span of 10 hours. So that was like God showing me, like, yo, like, sure. like I'm in control. You know, don't ever lose faith. Don't ever quit. You, you've come this far. And uh, when I got there, like, they just treated me like I've been there for years. Obviously, I've known, you know, Draymond and Kay and Steph and all those guys for a while. But, you know, I earned their respect right away. So – to answer your question, right when when Steph went down early, you know I just felt good because my teammates believed in me. And my best game, you know, uh, my rookie year was against the Warriors, so they remember like, yeah, we uh, can play. So uh, you know, I got opportunity, you know, early, and uh, I never looked back from there. Man, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Isn't it funny how God works in these mysterious ways when you just give that ultimate faith, like it's. You're beaten down. You want to give up, and then boom, he just opens that door that you never thought could be open. That's so much better than you could even imagine. Like Quinn, I'm even thinking like if you get drafted, like you probably want to get drafted so bad. If you get drafted, you're probably in a situation that isn't anywhere close to as good as you are in now sure, because bro. of that faith in God and in the plan that He's had. And man, that's just beautiful. It's it's beautiful of your work ethic, but also you, as you talk about, like you mentioned earlier that you're pouring into the younger teammates and you're showing them the way and you're leading. And and you've often been called the best little brother because, you know, you got LeBron and you got Anthony Davis and KD's your boy and everything. But I think you're the best big brother. He's like, a vet I, now. I, you're yeah. a vet, man. You're, vet. you're 27 years old. You're an old man. Yeah. No, but I, I, just talk about the like the relationship side of things because – I was telling Ray before, I was like, man, man, Quinn might know more people than anybody walking this globe. He's like, yeah. who's that guy, Wild, World Wide West or something yeah, yeah, for yeah. Nike? Like, that's, that's, that's this dude right here. Just talk to us on, on, how, on, on the value of relationships, both of having mentors that you have had and also pouring into the, to the upcoming. Yeah, I ain't going to lie. That's how my father was. Like, I grew up with, like, so many uncles, man. Yeah. Like, I had so many uncles and so many, you know, just – male role models and, and male figures that used to be over my crib all day because of my father. My my father was a uh, was just a people's person. So my nice. mom's the same way. She's, 
you know, the most, you know, just loving, giving. She don't, she don't care. You could be a stranger. She's inviting you into that's the crib, awesome. all that. So, uh, you know, that's how I was raised. I was just raised, you know, just surrounded by love and just giving. So, uh, you know, I was lucky growing up where I'm from. You know, my two mentors, you know, my whole life has been Nolan Smith and Jared Jack. And Jared Jack's a guy, you know, Nolan had a two-year career in the league. Um, but a guy, Jared Jack, who um, obviously you knows had a you know great career in the NBA, but he's respected by everybody. Like, I'll be with him and, you know. Everybody knows JJ. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, like, he had he had so so many relationships with the older players you know, the, the, the guys his age and the younger guys. And, and that's who you know, I wanted to be. And uh, obviously, you know, probably not, you know, all-star, you know, like Steph or or somebody like that, but he had the respect from everybody. And he had the respect and he had those relationships with everybody. So, you know, to have a guy like that as your mentor, you know, I was just watching and idolizing him my whole life and just to see, you know, what type of, you know, obviously he's, you know, a hell of a player, but a, a way, way, way better teammates. So when you hear Steph, you know, praise Jared for a lot of his development and Draymond, you know, how important he was for Golden State's, you know, success after. Um, no, it doesn't happen by accident. So to have a guy like that, you know, in my corner and and, and really my mentor um, meant a lot for me. And uh, I think being a good teammate is a skill. Like you can get four or five nice. extra years in the league nice. by just being a good teammate. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah. Sure. That's definitely something that you know uh, guys really don't understand. Good point, man. Good point. Man, yeah, that's that is a great point. And talk about it. We gotta get to the championships, man. Ooh. These 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 two titles, man. I mean, I'm sure obviously when you when you won it with Golden State, um, you probably just was like, you know, this is all just after everything you went through your whole career, you know what I'm saying? Just everything yeah. you went through your whole life. I'm sure at that moment. It just probably all came together. Like, how was how was the first championship before you even get to the one with the Lakers? What was the first one like for you? First one was crazy. First one was crazy because, like I said, how it started and where my mind was to, to how it finished. And uh, you know, um, we closed the season out. Like, God, people don't remember. Steph was out. You know, Clay was out like ten games. Draymond was out for a little bit. KD was out. He broke his ribs. Well, bruised his ribs. So. Like I, we were playing me, Nick Young, you know, all yeah. those guys, Andre. We were playing like 40 minutes, bro, like yeah. in those past couple of games to lock up the two seed. And uh, we had some good games. And obviously when we got back together, um, it felt good because we all contributed. You know, sometimes, you know, I wouldn't be in a rotation in the playoffs. Um, and then he'll throw me in there. And I play, you know, 25 minutes. But everybody had that rhythm from that whole season. You know, we never missed a beat. And – uh you know, to winning in Cleveland, my dad being from Cleveland, um, Ohio, we won it in Cleveland. That meant a lot. And like you said, like, you're partying, you're celebrating, throwing champagne. But for me, like, it stopped, and I just embraced the journey. I thought about the journey. So I remember awesome. how I felt in draft night. I remember, you know, growing up, people not picking me for stuff. Like, it's amazing how everything hit me at that particular moment. And uh, it's something I'll never forget, man. It's something that, you know, you win a championship with, Guys you grew up idolizing, guys you grew up studying. Um, that was a dream come true, for real. No doubt. I remember Steve Kerr, there was a clip after the game, said something, he deserved it. I, I can't remember word for word, but I remember that moment. So I, I, so I could cool. tell right then, like, you know. And then this, yeah. we'll, talk, we'll touch on the Lakers real quick. I know that's, that's your team, right? Growing up, that was all years of team. The uh, Lakers, that's your pops team, everything, Laker fan. So I know, I know that was 
I mean, it's obviously for sure, definitely special, special moment you just had a couple months ago too. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was surreal as well. Um, even just to put on a Lakers jersey was just surreal. Just a dream come true growing up. You know, one of the biggest Lakers fans ever. That's you know, amazing. I was born to my dad. Just that's all I saw. So, uh, man, just to just Gosh. to just to be a Laker, just to say I'm a Laker, um, was a dream come true. And obviously, you know, we had a great team this year. So obviously, winning, you know, adds even more, you know, just joy to everything. And we had a great group. Um, I think obviously I was joking about the bubble earlier saying I was happy to be out of there, but it was fun because we had such a great group. Like we all were with each other. It felt like an AAU trip or, you know, a, a, a camp or something like we hoop during the day and we play video games all night. We chilling all night. <laughs> being, it was like college again. So, uh, and just to have that bond with those guys, it was fun and it made it a lot easier on the court. It was tough, you know, um, but we got it done. Those guys played amazing, and uh, man, just to, just to win a championship with the childhood team, I mean, man. I couldn't write it any better. Something that I've dreamed of yeah. forever. Literally. That's that's why yeah. that's what the movie's going to be. Your life story Clint is an amazing movie, man. And yeah. I love how you hit on the word joy, too. Like, I feel like that, if you can pick one word about you, that is you. Like, every time I talk to you, see you, Watch anything on Instagram, like you're smiling, you're having a good time, like you're enjoying the journey and doing everything, this, the grind that you've been through, everything with joy. So that's, man, if anybody can take anything from this podcast, which they can take a lot, that would be the number one thing. It just, it just, it, it's infectious, man. You know those people that you're around that's just like, man, I just want to be around this guy because he's got joy. That's definitely you. Thank you. Appreciate Absolutely, you, man. man. And, so we're going to throw you on the rapid-fire hot seat. This is, as we wrap up here, this is what comes to your mind quickly. These can be short answers. These can be expanded on. But let's throw them on the hot seat. I'll take the first one, Ray. What is your favorite mindset quote that you live by? Maybe something on your fridge, on your bathroom mirror, some type of quote that you just, like, man, this embodies me. Yeah. Um, for me, next play. Ooh, um, Coach nice. K.O. that next play. Obviously, you know, in basketball regards, turn the ball over, especially as a PG. You know, yeah. Pick your head up. You know, don't show up your teammate. You know, don't put your head down or whatever. And even if you make a good play, don't celebrate. You got to get back on defense. And in life, you know, if you don't make that team, keep working. If you don't nice. get that area test, keep working. Once you make the league, you got to stay in the league. Once you, you know, become a starter, be an all-star. So, I mean, it's always, you know – going to be a next play. So it's just that mindset, just staying even killed, staying, you know, mentally locked in. And uh, for me, staying positive. Always stay positive. Sure. Mm. That was a good Beautiful. one. <laughs> That's awesome. That was real good. I got one for you, man. Who's, who's the toughest guy in the league for you to guard? Ooh. Toughest guy in the league for me to guard? Damian or Lillard. Anybody. It don't have to be Damian Lillard. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. yeah. He said right off top. Yeah. And yeah. in high school, it was Ray McCollum. Nah, we didn't man. play. Oh, you never played in high school. Nah. Oh man, uh, he, he, you're, he, you're he, 2011, he, right? 2011. I'm 11. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they had a good class. A little younger. Okay. What is your definition of leaving a legacy? What would it be like when you're long gone and everybody says this is what Queen Cook stood for? Not necessarily like on the billboard what the world says legacy has to be, but what is leaving a legacy to you? Um. Really, me just making people happy. Making people happy. Yeah. That's my whole 
that's my whole mo. I just like to have relationships with everybody and everything. Um, I just love hey. you know connecting with everybody and just you know, I just love smiling. I just love laughing. And I'm always trying to just keep the room light. Just try to bring joy to everybody. Love it. Um, there's some stuff in this world, man. This world, you know, it could it could turn a lot of people, man. It could, you know, it, I've been through a lot of stuff, so. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm 27 years old. A lot of my friends growing up, but they ain't make it this far. Mm. So for me, mm. you know, I'm blessed. I'm lucky. And uh, I just try to just be happy all day. Man, you do. You do. Q, for all the people out there, man, how, how can everybody follow you, man? Instagram, Twitter. Okay. Okay. I'm on Instagram, QCook323. I'm on Twitter, QCook323. I'm, 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 I'm like... I'm really getting the gaming now. I only play one game, but I'm like, I just got a Twitch, so it's okay. So he's on. You playing Call of Call of Duty? This dude's a Madden. Oh, nut. Madden. I know oh, he's a Madden. Nut. Okay, he okay. lives and breathes Madden. Yep, yeah, I know. So they, they can find you AD, on Twitch AD, now. Huh? Teach me in a in a bubble. It's too fast. I can't. It's too fast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and one of the best Instagram follows too. Oh yeah, he's, nah, he's got sure. he's got Q's, motivational Q's, quotes, Q's Bible verses. He's got. All kinds of funny stuff coming, man. <laughs> Q, all right, man. Last question we have for you before we let you off the Pivot and Go podcast. What advice would you give to a young kid in your shoes who might be feeling stuck or feeling like they can't achieve their goal or their dream? And how can they pivot out of that? Like, what advice would you leave a young kid with? Um, man, it was, it's crazy. I was talking, uh, I went to a... Um, I went to an event last night. Um, Chad Holmgren, Amari Bailey, all those guys were playing. Mm. And I was talking to a couple, you know, kids. And obviously, they didn't have the names. Like, those guys and their parents were coming up to me. They knew my story. And me, just, you know, run your own race, obviously. You yep. know, um, everybody's path is different. But it's not going to be easy. People going to tell you you can't do it. You're going to have, you know, quote-unquote friends, you know, tell you that your dreams are, are, are too big, that you can't do this and that. No, but as long as you believe in what you can do, anything is possible. You can have the best support system, your parents, you know, your girlfriend, your coaches, whatever, but they can believe in you. But you if you don't believe, it's not going so good. It's not going to matter. So for me, man, just you know, keep running that race. You know, keep running that race, keep your head down, you know, block out the nonsense because everybody's gonna tell you this and that, this can't do this, can't do that. But you gotta keep man. going, you gotta keep believing. That's, that's awesome. I love that. That's a great way to drop the mic and in that. Quinn Cook, you are an absolute legend, man. That's one of the best podcasts we've ever had on this. Thank you so much for giving your time to me and listening to this 1% podcast. Without you, none of this would be possible. The feedback, the reviews, the ratings you give this podcast help to grow the audience and the reach for us to be able to bring on new guests each week and provide that 1% daily steps we can all implement from top NBA players, from high performers, and just from amazing people doing amazing things to better this world. And it's all because of you. And if you could, I will shout you out, personally thank you, leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. Five stars if you love it. One star, of course, if you hate it, and leave a comment of what you liked about it or questions, suggestions that you might have. Post on social media and tag me at David Nurse NBA, and I will repost the reviews the podcast gets. I'll shout you out personally for sure. 
Thank you so much for being the best community, the best family, the best 1% squad. So blessed for all of you out there. Now go out there today and speak a word of encouragement into someone. You can and you will make a difference.